Blog Talk Radio. This is the Light of Truth Radio broadcast with Michael Boldea. All right, welcome to the program and thank you for joining us. This is the Light of Truth Radio broadcast. I am, as always, your humble host, Michael Boldea. And if you hear me, Sounding a little off, it's because uh, I am. Apparently, uh, my children and my wife are more generous than I thought they were. And so whatever they had, they gave unto me. Uh, My throat feels like I had a sandpaper lunch with a barbed wire dessert. Uh, But here we are. And here we stand. Or actually, I'm sitting. Uh, but you get the gist of it. So uh, we're going to power through this hour. We've got a lot to talk about. Some things that um, I'm going to talk about just for posterity, uh, because you already know these things. We've been talking about them uh, for far in advance. And now that we're seeing them, it's uh, just like, hey, that's happening. So you know where you are. Uh, now, Before uh, we get started, this is a recording. Today is, uh, let's see, November the 9th, the year of our Lord, 2023. Uh, So it is uh, recording the day we're supposed to air it, and uh, I do have a confession to make uh, to you all. I know that it may diminish me in the eyes of some of you, but I've always promised to be honest with you, so here it goes. Uh, I had uh, chamomile tea last night. Uh, my wife nagged me into a cup of uh, chamomile tea with honey and lemon because uh, I was sounding uh, far worse than I am today. Uh, and so uh, she, she browbeat me into drinking tea. Uh, I, I feel like less of a man, but, uh, you know, at least I'm not uh, eating tofu. So, you know, there's that. But uh, right now in uh, my... Uh, almost shaky hands. They're not shaky quite yet. For some reason, uh, I I had, uh, you know, when it's like 76 degrees and you still have the chills, that kind of thing. It'll pass. Don't worry about me. I'll be all right. Uh, But it's no fun. Uh, And uh, my wife always likes to point out, well, you know, imagine if you had to give birth, but we don't. We're men. We don't have to give birth. And so anytime we feel off, we, 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 we have a tendency of letting everyone around us know it. Uh, but in my hand, I do have a cup of black coffee. It is hot. I will be sipping regularly because I think it helps with the throat. And uh, just between you and I, I may, uh, when I go home tonight, have another cup of tea. So uh, judge me if you will. I know that some of you uh, have already tuned out and will never more heed my words because, well, tea is not a manly drink, but at least I didn't put milk in it. So you got to give me that much. Now, a lot going on in this world of ours, as always, and uh, very little of it, if any of it, is good news. Shocker, isn't it? Um. Hillary Clinton is uh, back. uh, Apparently, she's been in a a cryo chamber of some kind, vampirically 
you know, leeching uh, the youth and vigor of children and small pets. I don't know. It's what I hear. Uh, but look, the, the, the narrative right now is that, well, you know, as long as it's not Trump for the Republican nomination, then, then the Democrats will swallow that pill. Uh, Hillary Clinton comes out and says, hey, even Hitler was uh, duly elected. And I have an American prophetic prediction for you, because I know it'll come to pass if it's not Donald Trump. And uh, that would be a surprise to me, because right now he's just running circles around everyone else. Uh, I mean, I, I saw some of the highlights of last night's debate. I think uh, Vivek got in a couple good shots. Uh, what was it? Uh, he called uh, Nikki Haley um, uh, Bush's former vice president. Um, oh, it's slipping my mind. Uh, but, but called her uh, whatever his name is in three-inch heels, which I thought was a good line. Uh, it was, uh, you know, it, it, it was well-placed. But I'd be surprised if it's it's not going to be, you know, Donald Trump again. And then the excuse for him losing again was that, well, you know, he's just such a polarizing figure that people decided uh, they'd rather go bankrupt and have their kids shipped off to war than uh, vote for a man who did okay with the economy and, you know, managed to have some semblance of peace while he was president. So that's going to be the narrative. But whoever it is, it doesn't matter who it is. Whoever it is, they're still going to be Hitler. They're still going to be the worst person ever because these people are never called to account for the things they say. They're never called to account for just just the hand grenades they lob at everyone, just the worst kind of names. I mean, where, where's the next step down from Hitler? There's, there's nothing left. That's it. You're done. Your, your, your bag of tricks is empty. Once, once you go to the Hitler, you're pretty much, that's it. You can't get any worse. So I'm looking at these people last night. I didn't watch much of it because, uh, well, you know, I was feeling sickish and uh, my wife uh, brought me a cup of tea and she said, why don't you just go lay down? I'll give the girls a bath and then I'll read them a story tonight. You look like you need your rest. And I said, you know what, wife, you are very discerning sometimes, most of the time. I have a good wife. I'm not going to lie. Uh, I'm not one of those guys, oh, take my wife, please. <laughs> no, she, she, she is a helpmate in every sense of the word. Uh, but, yeah, I, I kind of zonked off early last night because I wasn't feeling too hot. But uh, look, they're, they're bloodying each other for second place is how I'm looking at this. And you can see the ones that are realizing it, like uh, Mr. Vivek Ramasuwami. Uh, and he's trying to position himself as likely Trump's uh, VP candidate choice. And you see the others who are so high on their own supply or, uh, you know, high on the sugar high of the dozen donuts they ate right before they came out, uh, that they're not realizing there's first place is already a lot. But whatever 
happens between now and next November, and believe it or not, we're only about a year away from the next elections. I know. Could you imagine all, all, all that's going to happen between now and then? Uh, it, it'll be interesting to watch. Whoever the candidate is, they're still going to be the worst person ever. Now, for those of you that were uh, very hopeful uh, that uh, what is happening in America was uh, the exception and not the rule, and we've had this discussion when the whole thing in Kansas happened, uh, this was a repeat in Ohio now. Ohioans codify the supposed right to abortion in their state constitution last Tuesday night, representing another state-level victory for pro-abortion activists pulling ballot measures or pushing ballot measures following the overturning of Roe versus Wade last year. So the entire narrative, and pardon me while I sip from my delicious beverage, The entire narrative that we are a predominantly good people with just a few bad apples, that that narrative needs to die and we need to realize the kind of uh, climate we're living in. We need to realize uh, the level of morality the average citizen possesses, and it's not morality anywhere close to what the Word of God defines as morality. So here you had the state of Ohio, of all places, codify the right to abortion in their state constitution we just want to be able to kill babies that's it it doesn't matter what else is going on it doesn't matter how close we are to world war three it doesn't matter that everything we touch seems to be turning to absolute dog manure Does, do dogs have well cow manure then uh we we still want to retain our right to kill our babies whenever we feel like it So yes, Ohio, it was issue one, and it passed. And now uh, the right to abortion has been codified in the state constitution. So can we please pull back on the throttle of all that? Well, we're, we're a good nation. It's just a few bad apples. We're not. Let's just come to terms with that reality, because if we, if we can't agree on that part, then there's no moving forward. If we're still clinging to the idea of the rising phoenix, if we're still clinging to the idea that we are a predominantly righteous nation, then we'll never realize how bad a position we really, we're really in. We, we, we won't realize how, how diseased and sickly we are as a nation. Look, if, if 50% of this nation uh, claims to be Christian, yet something like this passes overwhelmingly in a state like Ohio. Uh, do you not see the disparity? Disparity. I know. See, you can tell I'm a little sickish. I don't even know the word disparity anymore. Uh, but here we are. This, this is happening. And so we can hope against hope of, of, of a mighty wind blowing repentance. Ohio. A few months back, Kansas. These are not states known for their liberal policies. They're not states known 
for their uh, lawlessness, like California or like Illinois or like Florida. Well, not Florida. Florida is still trying. Uh, but Or Nevada, whatever. But they're still voting these things that are antithetical to human life and morality. So we need to come to that agreement that, that this nation is not the righteous nation we think it to be. We're so far removed from righteousness that, that even a quasi-morality seems like too much to us. I mean, just consider that uh, nobody's asking anybody to be abstinent as far as politically, you know, politics is concerned. They're just, hey, maybe not kill your baby. Nope, we can't have that. We need to be able to murder the babies whenever we want to murder the babies. And if the church is silent on this, if the church isn't saying anything, if we're pretending to be blind and deaf and dumb, what can we expect of the world? Now, I did run across a story that might, in certain circles, create a smidgen of levity, and I think we all need this, because as I warned you, this, this entire administration is just looking for a reason to pull support for Israel. It's, it's all lip service. Uh, Dems, uh, Democratic Senator Warner says that we need to pause or we need a pause to show that Israel can follow the rules of law. Uh, we'll get into that one. Now, let's get into it now, because the other one, it's worth waiting for. And I'm going to warn you, if you've got the kids listening, uh, tell them to cover their ears for 15 seconds. I'll, I'll give you a 10-second a uh, warning. Because although it's, uh, you know, it's a story that, that deserves its own T-shirt, eh, perhaps it's not for the faint of heart. On Wednesday's broadcast of MSNBC's Jose Diaz-Balart report, wow, that's a mouthful, Jose Diaz-Balart, what happened to Joe? Joe Smith reports, Senate Intelligence Committee Chairman Senator Mark Warner, Democrat from Virginia, A said that the idea of innocent civilians being killed was such at times abandoned and not following the tenets of armed conflict doesn't help Israel in the long term and that we need a humanitarian pause so we can show Israel's ability to defend itself within the rules of law. Warner said that a humanitarian pause is in Israel's interest to make sure that we can show Israel's ability to defend itself within the rules of war. He added, I support Israel's right to defend itself. No, you don't. You, you support Israel's right uh, not, not to make so much noise while it's dying. Look, Hamas right now is trying to sneak terrorists out of uh, the territory in fake ambulances. Don't... But this is, this is how it starts. 
And eventually, more and more pressure is going to be brought upon the U.S. government and this administration to, uh, you know, pull back, to not be as vocal in its support. And the only thing that'll do is, is it'll give nations like the Saudis and the Iranians and all the others in the Middle East looking for an opportunity to strike and strike again, as they promised they would. Uh, to, to, to do their worst, knowing that there's not going to be any uh, recrimination from the U.S. So it's already starting. Uh, the voices will get louder and shriekier because that's, that's what happened. These people don't, don't back down. They don't uh, follow the rules of civilized debate. They scream and they screech and they lash out and they'll do everything in their power as long as they can win. All right, this is your 10-second warning uh, that uh, we will be getting into an article deserving of a T-shirt because I, I thought it was hilarious. And... This goes to show you the times that we're living in. Olympic champion. My testicles don't make me less of a woman. You're welcome. Double Olympic champion middle distance runner Castor Semenaya claims to be a woman despite being born without a uterus, adding that he embraces the differences he was born with. At the end of the day, I know I'm different. I don't care about the medical terms or what they tell me or my testosterone. Of course not. You're winning. Why would you? You know, being born without a uterus, being born with internal testicles, those don't make me less of a woman. So this isn't even like a transgender person. They were just born uh, without a uterus. So this individual produces testosterone Uh, as a man would. And if we were to allow for the fact that him producing testosterone on the level of a man is giving him the edge in winning all of these Olympic uh, events, then uh, we would have to reassess our entire uh, view on allowing men to, you know, swim alongside women and pretend they're women too. (sighs) <sighs> so that happened. But yeah, I, it's, uh, it, th- those of you that are looking to start a sideline business, I think that's a great t-shirt. My testicles don't make me less of a woman. That to me is hilarious. It may just be the, the flu-like symptoms I'm having, but I got a chuckle this morning and I thought, hey, we've been kind of, uh, you know, dark and gloomy the last couple of weeks. Granted, we had no choice. This is what's happening in the world we live in. But uh, that was a gimme. That, that, that was my gift to you on this Sunday morning. Uh, I've also, on and off, told you that at some point, uh, Europe as well as the U.S. is going to throw Ukraine under the bus. Because they were using Ukraine to try to you know, weaken Russia or at least bring the 
UN borders as close to Russia as possible, and they're seeing that it's a lost cause. Look, they've known it for a while. There's no way Ukraine can win this war. Everybody knows it. Uh, And the Ukrainians have figured it out, but they're just trying to get more money. Apparently, there's at least one or two more politicians that hasn't been able to buy a villa somewhere on a coast uh, on a rocky cliff. So uh, they're still pushing. They're still pumping. But uh, even Brussels, which is supposed to be, you know, the all-embracing entity that encouraged the Ukrainians to be independent and uh, make a push, to uh, unite themselves to sister Europe, uh, even they're like, uh, whoa, Nelly, Ukraine belongs to our European family, but needs to address corruption first, says Brussels. Indeed. Enlargement is a vital policy of the European Union, the Commission's von der Leyen says, as it announces Ukraine is moving a step closer to becoming a member state. Ukraine has made progress on fighting corruption, but has further to go. I don't know about the progress. What was it I read this week that they're trying to uh, suspend the presidential elections that are upcoming? So I don't know how, how, how much of the corruption we, we've been fighting, uh, but It's a uh, valid and convenient excuse for not letting them continue their quest for uh, being brought into the European Union. Uh, It will not be a short path, the representative said. But nevertheless... The country belongs to our European family. The European Union issued updates on all candidate nations on Wednesday, Wednesday, adopting what it calls the 2023 Enlargement Package, saying it would recommend opening ascension negotiations with Ukraine and Moldova. The development also appears to infer that Ukraine has skipped the queue in some regard, as it moves up to more advanced stages of the joining progress ahead of Balkan nations, which have been trying to join for many years. Uh, They will not allow Ukraine to become a member of the European Union because that would be a declaration of war against Russia. So they can talk a good talk. They can say whatever they want to say. They can make all the excuses they want to make. But at the end of the day, they're not going to allow Ukraine in because they know that will be a declaration of war. Now, I happened upon another story, which if it turns out to be true, is very scary on multiple levels. It seems as though uh, Netanyahu's demanding answers from CNN, the New York Times, the Associated Press, and Reuters on embedded Hamas photographers. 
Let that sink in. These people think it's a game. If it bleeds, it leads and all that jazz. They, 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 they don't understand that real lives are at stake here. Or if they do understand it, they've become so callous to anything having to do with human life that they don't care. Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu's administration is demanding answers from several prominent news agencies after criticism emerges of their photographers appearing to have been embedded with Hamas terrorists during the October 7th attack. That, that is scary. The Associated Press said that it had no foreknowledge of the attack, even though its photographers appeared alongside Hamas terrorists for the first moments that they broke through the Gaza border fence. Uh-huh. The pro-Israel media watchdog organization brought up ethical concerns Wednesday, noting that media photographers seemed to have known about the attack and were quite ease among the terrorists who were shooting every other civilian they found. Later, photographs emerged of one of the photographers posing for selfies with the local Hamas leader in Gaza, Yahia Sinvar. In a statement, the National Public Diplomacy Directorate of the Prime Minister's Office demanded action by news agencies. The National Public Diplomacy Directorate in the Prime Minister's Office views with utmost gravity that photojournalists working with international media joined in covering the brutal act of murder perpetrated by Hamas terrorists on Saturday, October 7th, in the communities adjacent to the Gaza Strip. These journalists were accomplices in crimes against humanity. Their actions were contrary to the professional ethics. Overnight, the government press office issued an urgent letter to the bureau chiefs of the media organizations that employed these photographers and sought clarifications on the matter. The National Public Diplomacy Directorate demands that immediate action be taken. So they had enough foreknowledge to be embedded with the people that slaughtered women and children and not one of them thought to pick up a phone and say, hey, this is looking like it's going south pretty fast. This is the world we live in. This is what the world has come to. You're willing to sit by and watch people being slaughtered so that your name appears next to a tagline. So that you get credit for that photo or that interview. Meanwhile, uh, one of the most illustrious uh, members of the House one uh, ever-eloquent representative, Hakeem Jeffries, 
said that there should be absolutely no restrictions on abortion. It's for a woman and her doctor, period, full stop, is what the illustrious and ever effervescent Hakeem Jeffries said. These are the people that you've elected to be your representative. The states that are deemed, uh, you know, family-friendly are voting overwhelmingly for abortion to be codified in their state constitution. But somehow, some way, there are still those who are insisting we're on the right path headed on the in the right direction. Now, on to church news. Because you know, as as the church goes, so do, so goes the culture and the society. And uh This isn't general by any means, but it is happening. And it is happening among people who are supposed to know better and do better. A woman is suing First Baptist Church of Orlando after alleging that a former teacher at their church-run school, the First Academy, groomed her and sexually abused her when she was a minor and that the school failed to report it to the police. I'm seeing more and more of these stories popping up. And the one thing they have in common is that those in charge failed to report it. Those in charge failed to do anything about it. Those in charge turned a blind eye. Why? To protect the church? To protect something that men built at the cost of a human life and and them never trusting anything having to do with, with God again? FBC Orlando, the 14,000 member Southern Baptist megachurch led by David Utt, is known for brazenly and uh, flagrantly violating scripture. Last year, they knowingly baptized Joe Mills, an out-and-out gay, unrepentant man, who is married to his husband and has been leading a small group of FBCO congregants in a Bible study for the past few years. This is done with the knowledge of Pastor Danny de Armas, who himself has led the study. Then that unrepentant gay man who is in good standing began baptizing others at the church. And once more, I am reminded of that story my grandfather used to share, where a man went to the fish market and began to sniff the fish's tail. And a fishmonger looks at him and finally He can't help himself, and he asks, why are you sniffing the tail end of the fish? And the man answers, and, and, you know, almost flippantly, he says, to see if they're fresh, of course. 
And the fishmonger looks at him and says, well, you don't, you don't sniff the tail. Fish begin to rot at the head. And if the head is rotten, be certain the rest of it will too. When we distance ourselves and remove ourselves from what the Bible says a Christian church, a body of believers, and the leadership of the body uh, of that body must look like, and we start making it up as we go along. We start making allowances for people because, well, you know, we can't be that strict anymore. Eventually and inevitably, this is what you get. When you no longer have a standard, expect that sin will find a way. When you no longer stand by the fundamentals of Scripture, then you can expect the enemy to have his way. We, we're hoping for, for, for a last-minute miracle. While we have no standard to speak of, while righteousness has become as anathema in the church as it is in the world, and while we gravitate towards these things that do nothing but give us a temporary shot in the arm, only to just deflate us completely shortly thereafter. Look, you read some of these stories and you just shrug your shoulders and go, did you expect anything different? You have lowered the standard to the point that there is no standard. You have taken the word of God and laid it aside and said, this is too much for us. We're going to make our own way. And God said, do as you will. And this is what happened. This is the outcome where evil people warm their way in and they do evil things. And then the church leadership has a choice. Either they call it out and get all of that unwanted attention. Either they call it out and risk having to shut down the church, or they try to cover it up, but it's never really covered up. It's, 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 a, it's a temporary mask. And the longer you keep that mask on, the worse it gets, because it festers. But see, when we prioritize protecting a building, a bank account, or a reputation over protecting the word of God, this is what you get. Pardon me while I sip from my delicious beverage. Oh, I still haven't had to blow my nose, so that's a plus. But hey... In case you were wondering, it, it, it's not just the Protestants and the Neo-Protestants getting in on the gig. 
Uh, El Papi Francis has announced that trans persons can be baptized as Catholics. Pope Francis continues to rock and rattle the Roman Catholic Church with the Vatican's uh, dicastery of the doctrine of faith, ruling uh, that the transgender Catholics can receive baptism within the church. Uh, new name or old name? Because you know, El Papi, I mean, when, when, when you have to merge the files, uh, there, there may be some confusion. If, uh, you know, one, one ledger has him born as Bob and the other ledger has him baptized as Betty, you're like, who are you? I'm Betty. No, you're not. You don't exist. There was a Bob, but there's no Betty. So I'm curious about that. But somebody did the math and they go, hey, you know, we're missing out on some coin. And there you are. Transgender Catholics can receive baptism within the church, and the pontiff said, you go ahead. Thumbs up, kids. Well, there's no such thing as a good pope, since uh, I I like this writer. Their, their, Their angst is very, very visible. It's not hidden. So it's not a shrouded angst. While there's no such thing as a good pope, since they're the head of an evil and wicked heterodox church, Francis has been particularly noxious and vexatious, doing things like affirming the faith of Joe Biden, I know, uh, and saying he would never refuse him communion because, uh, the, because of the president's love for abortion. Because, you know, that's between him and God. So there's that. So uh, I'm sure that other denominations will be quick to follow up and uh, take their cues from Il Papi and uh, say, well, you know, if the Catholic Church does it, why shouldn't we? I mean, because, again, that's what happens when you do away with the standard of Scripture. That's what happens when you take the word of God, read what it says, and uh, just go, nope, we're not going to do that. Now, in the moment, people who choose that route, people who choose that path, feel empowered. They feel as though they're the masters of their own destinies. They're the captains of their own ships. But, As with everything in life, there are consequences. There are consequences to our rebellion. There are consequences to our turning our back on God. And the thing that leaves me speechless is that a nation that has rejected God, a nation that has rejected life, a nation that has rejected the word of God, a nation that has rejected basic and fundamental tenets of humanity and dignity and morality, still has the temerity 
to insist that they are the apple of God's eye, they are the pinnacle of righteousness, that if they don't deserve to get saved, no one does. I've thought about this for years and years and years. It's it's like one of those silver spooner kids that that grew up rich and unaffected who lived in a bubble all of his life who never heard the word no from anyone in his sphere everyone did his bidding everyone smiled when when he demanded something because he was the rich kid. But then that rich kid goes out into the real world. And he hears no for the first time. And he gets angry. And he begins with uh, what I call the chorus of the impotent. Do you know who I am? And to his surprise, nobody cares. Nobody cares who you were in your little bubble. Nobody cares who you were in your little close-knit group where you were the tip of the spear, you were the head honcho, and everyone bowed to you. Now, because that kid has been living with that mindset for so long. He's not going to have the self-awareness or wherewithal to realize that perhaps he's in the wrong, perhaps he made a mistake, or that perhaps the fault lies with him. He's just going to get more bitter, more angry, and more rebellious because he's not getting his way anymore. I think that the day of reckoning for the American church is almost upon it. I think a lot of people are going to start realizing that they they can't declare and bind and do all the stuff that Bob Tilton told them they could. I think they're going to come to the realization that they're their imagined spirituality is no spirituality at all. That there are people that are closer to God than they themselves. There are people that hear the voice of God clearly and far more often than they do. And the bitterness against those that just walk humbly with God and, 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 and see to their own lives. They don't come up with the fanciful stories of pet dinosaurs in heaven and ice cream lands and, and, and whatever else lunacy that, that people dream up. Their hatred for those people who have been building up their faith, 
who have been shoring up their weaknesses, who have been walking with the Lord all this time and growing in Him, is going to be something to behold. Look, a lot of people take the words of Jesus and consider them hyperbolic when He says that that mother will betray daughter and father will betray son. I don't think it was hyperbole. I don't think it's exaggeration. I think those days are coming. Now, we're still seeing the rifts throughout the world. We're still seeing people making choices and picking sides. Right now, Turkey, or at least Erdogan, which is Turkey's president, has declared that Israel are uh, war criminals. So you kind of know which uh, side they're going to be on. Now, this is an issue because Turkey is very close to Germany. It's very close to Europe. And if they side with Hezbollah and Hamas and all the others, then what we consider westernized Europe is going to have a very big problem on its hands. It's not going to be pretty. But the Bible already told us that it wasn't going to. I know, people said it would, though. Well... You had a choice, and you still do. Believe the word of God or believe the words of men. And if the words of men contradict the word of God, then you know which one you're supposed to believe. I think it all begins with how we view America in the present. Because if we continue to see it as a righteous nation, as a holy nation, as a holy people, then we will see the things that will come upon it as unwarranted and undeserved. First Kansas, now Ohio. And the further along we go, the more we will realize that there's less good people than we thought there were. There's less moral people than we thought there were. There's less noble people than we thought there were. And given that realization... Perhaps our way of seeing what is happening will shift in its perspective. We'll begin to realize that God has been merciful. And we squandered his mercy. We'll begin to realize that God has been good. 
But we took his goodness for granted. We began to realize that God has been speaking. But we didn't like the things that he was saying. We began to realize that we are at fault. That God is not overreacting. That God is not being mean. That God is not being petulant. But that every ounce of the cup of wrath that is about to be poured out is well and truly deserved. You live with the consequences of the choices that you make. There's no getting around that reality. The only thing I know of that will make the consequences last only as long as this present life is repentance. And let's face it, nobody's willing to bow the knee. Nobody's willing to repent. We don't think we have anything to repent of. If we are the masters of our own destiny, if we are the captains of our ship, then we answer to no one but ourselves. Even so, God is still God. He is still on the throne. And he will keep his promises to his children. So if you want to see a thousand fall by your side and ten thousand by your right, cling to him. If you think you can take on what's coming without him, then don't. I ran into somebody the other day that asked me why I wasn't trying to sell him on Jesus harder. And my answer to him was, because Jesus doesn't need a hype pitch. Jesus doesn't need to be sold. Anyone who realizes the value of Christ doesn't need to be cajoled into receiving him. They'll jump at the opportunity. Because they understand what it is that he's offering. I, I, I don't beat people over the head. And sometimes I know it feels like it because the reality of the things we're seeing is so egregious that it, it, it feels like a 10-pound hammer. Some of us have been warning for a very long time that dark days are coming. It's, it's no longer an issue of, of future tense. Dark days are here. And they will continue to grow darker and darker still. And my concern is that there will be many Christians still sitting on the sidelines, still waiting, 
still doing nothing as night descends. How close we are, God only knows. But one thing I do know, and that is when he returns, he needs to find us laboring. So even though I I, I feel like uh, if you scrape off the bottom of your shoe when you come in from outside, I was here, cold sweat and all. I know it wasn't the best program, but it was a program, and I hope you got something out of it. Look, if if the only time we, we fought was under ideal circumstances, very few of us would ever fight. There's no such thing as a perfect scenario in battle. So the best you can do is be prayed up, armored up, pick up your sword, and get into the fight. And I know that may sound bleak to some, but that there, there is a caveat. God will always be there standing beside you. And the victory that you will have will not be yours, but his. So with that, thank you for joining us. I'm going to give Gino an extra couple of minutes because I got to blow my nose. You know, when, when your nose is so full that it's, it's backing up into the back of your throat. I know. Visuals, they're amazing. But thank you guys for joining us. Uh, thank you to the, to the Michiganders uh, that, that showed us uh, such, such a great time. Uh, I, I had some exceptional homemade sourdough bread with some butter and honey. So uh, we'll see you guys next week. I'm sure I'll be better and, uh, you know, more awake, I guess, or at least more, more excitable. But, you know, it is what it is. Uh, God bless you. God keep you. Thank you for your prayers. Gino, all yours. Thank you, Mike. Um, I'm reading Jeremiah 51 from what Mike said today. This is the saddest thing, 8 to 15. Babylon, which is America, has suddenly fallen and been destroyed. Wail for her, take balm for her pain. Perhaps she may be healed. Think about that. God wanted to heal America. But we would have healed Babylon, but she is not healed. You look at the word we. God wanted to heal America, and we're just stubborn kids, that Mike said, that's spoiled that says we'll make the laws, we'll kill the preborn, we'll have drag shows in the city parks, we'll give June Gay Pride Month status. And it says in verse 9, she is not healed. America is sick. Sick. On a sick bed like a woman that needs a heart resuscitation. Forsake her and let everyone go to his own country. So that obviously means Eventually, before this judgment, people will go back and say, hey, I've had, an, I've had enough in this place. For her judgment reaches to heaven and is lifted to the skies. That's a serious judgment. The Lord has revealed our righteousness. Come and let us declare and sign the work of the Lord our God. Here's what's going to happen. 
And it's clear as a bell in Jeremiah 51. Make the arrows bright, gather the shields. The Lord has raised the spirit of the kings of the Medes. You should circle that because that's what's happening right now in the world. Over the war with Israel. You know, the Medes, Arab nations, pretty well, you know, want to take a bite out of the U.S. The southern border being totally open. And terrorists getting through our borders easily, literally walking in. For his plan is against Babylon to destroy it. Because it's the vengeance of the Lord, the vengeance of his temple. That's what America did. They took the holy things of God and trampled them. And look what it continues to say. Set up a standard on the walls of Babylon. Make the guard strong. Set up the watchman. Prepare the ambushes. For the Lord has both devised and done what he spoke against the inhabitants of Babylon. O you who dwell on many waters, abundant treasures, your end is come, and the measure of your covenants covetousness the Lord has sworn by himself I will fill you with men as locusts and they shall lift up a shout against you think about that that's where America's at he made the earth by his power established the world by his wisdom and stretched out the heavens by his understanding and we're going to lose and God will judge and God will allow a civil war and God will allow the Medes and the Persians and others to rise up against the U.S. and Russia and China and Korea. Thank you for listening to the Light of Truth radio broadcast. Thank you for listening to today's broadcast, The Light of Truth with Michael Baldea. If you would like to order a copy of today's broadcast, please visit our website at handofhelp.com. If you have questions about our ministry, you can email us at handofhelpoffice at aol.com or simply call us at 920-206-9910. God bless you.